I want you to label things good and as bad. And it was like chips, bad, apple, good. Welcome back to the Striving and Thriving podcast, a podcast about overcoming tough times and just trying our best to thrive at this thing called life. This week, Tori and I were joined by Carrie String. I know Carrie pretty well. I talk to her almost every other day because she's actually my online fitness coach. During this episode, we talk about just that, her fitness journey, her journey to owning her own business, as well as the journey of her and her husband moving to Florida, building their own house, and their latest adventure of finding out that they'll be parents this year. We really hope you enjoy our chat with Carrie just as much as Tori and I did. Welcome back, peeps. Day. Tori's here. (laughs) She's here. That's all we need. Um... I, the funny thing is, it's not like I have, like, this amazing, incredible amounts of life updates either. It's just, it's cold here. Um, it's nine degrees here in central New York today. Love that for me. And uh, that's where we're at. <laughs> but truthfully, it's not that much warmer for who we have on our podcast today. And she's in Florida. So yeah. <laughs> on today's episode, we are joined by Carrie String who is actually my personal online fitness coach. And we've actually worked together at Orange Theory. So we have a little bit of background together. But Carrie, welcome. Hello. Yes, it is. It is pretty cold here, believe it or not. Like, and I'm from the Northeast. So like, I know what cold actually is, but it's 30. I woke up this morning and Alexis told me it was 32. And I was like, ooh, it was 65 yesterday. So like, that was... Definitely different. I just said it on Instagram. Like, you know, it's cold in Florida when people start covering their plants with blankets. Like, <laughs> yeah, like everyone, like I walk, I took a walk this morning, which was like an awful idea because I still haven't broken out my uh, winter jacket that's like tucked away somewhere, but everyone has their plants covered. And I'm like, I don't even have blankets for my yeah. plants, but we'll get there. They're like little, little ghosts on everybody's yard. That's like one of my favorite Florida things to see. I think it's so funny. <laughs> It's so funny because I'm like, do people don't do this like where I'm from? And like, it seem okay. I mean, I guess everybody's plants die, but then I'm stressed because like I do have some nice plants. So I'm like, crap, should I have done that? Yes, very, very different uh, culturally of what you do with your outdoor attire in the in the north versus the south. A hundred percent. I totally agree. Um, so some cool things that I know about Carrie, but then I want you to tell viewers on your own, Carrie, is Carrie runs her own business. Um, her and her husband moved to Florida and they like, I don't want to say built your house because you all didn't build it, but you did build your house, you know, um, you can talk to us about that part and the struggles of kind of starting your own business. Um, but if you'd like to give our listeners just a little background about you to get started, that would be great. Yeah, of course. Like, you'll learn quickly. Like there's nothing about me that's little, like I do over explain. I do like to talk, but, uh, yeah, like, like Bree said, we moved from the Philadelphia area to St. Augustine, Florida back in 2021. So we're, we're coming up on two years now. We closed in March. And when we say we build our house, absolutely. Like we, I think people think like when you, you say you're building your house that you're like, literally you are starting from the ground up do not get me wrong there but like you're working with a builder there's like a design floor plan like there's only so much that you can do it's not like you're going and saying like I want the window here and like I want this like you're picking a floor plan you're picking the colors absolutely you're picking the wall you're picking everything inside but like there is a uh, there's like a specific floor plan that like you're you're kind of building off of but 
we learned that we learned that kind of the hard way too. Um, but yeah, I started working for myself, like the whole drive to work for myself really happened when we decided to move to Florida, because like Bree said, we worked with each other in orange theory. And I started there when, uh, like, I want to say 2018, like I, I started there in 2018. I, I went on to work there for three and a half years. And it was like, it was awesome. Like I never really thought I would see myself in group fitness, like, it, like, believe it or not. Like, I was just like, I, I just couldn't, couldn't see myself doing it. Like even in college, when I went through exercise science and nutrition and got uh, my bachelor's the whole time I was like, I want to work for myself and like, I need to figure it out. But then I went on to find orange theory and like, I don't want to say that it was like the greatest money in the world, but it was like comfortable, especially like right out of college. And then COVID hit and that like completely changed the game. So once that happened, I realized like, this is just not going to be sustainable for me. Like many trainers did, especially like in COVID, like we went back and I was making like a third of the paycheck that I was making before. So that was really tough. So that's when I kind of like really started honing in on like taking one-on-one clients kind of like behind the scenes. I started like blogging in COVID, like nothing serious. I was like, I really don't know like what's going to happen with this, but uh, yeah, long story short, COVID's kind of really what pushed me to like go full force on my business and quitting my job, moving to Florida. We had like this gap and I know Brie, you can relate here. You moved in with your in-laws for a little bit. We did the same thing. Uh, we... Our lease at our apartment in King of Prussia was up in October. It was like it was on a Halloween, so October 31st. I remember that. And our closing date kept getting pushed. It was supposed to be like November 11th, and it was supposed to be December 22nd. And then they were like March, and we were like, oh, great, this is awesome. Um, so Joe's parents, thankfully, like they, they let us move in with them for a little while, and we did that. And that was that was great, you know. You get to know your in-laws like pretty quick. We weren't even married at the time yet. Like we were engaged. We are, we got married uh, that next June and uh, yeah, we moved in with them for a little, it was supposed to be three weeks. It turned into three and a half months and yeah, we, we made it, you know, but in that time I quit my job at Orange Theory and that was like really the launch pad for working for myself. I was like, all right, we're going to figure this out. And we, uh, yeah, we, we had to figure that out. And my whole goal by the time we got to, Florida in that gap from like November to March, I was like, I never want to go back to working in person. Like that was my big goal. I was like, I never want to have to. So like whatever I have to do to figure it kind of out, uh, I'm going to do it. And that's kind of, it's kind of what I did. And I was fortunate enough to have that gap. We didn't have rent to pay or like anything like that, which was nice. So like that kind of gave me a little bit of time to kind of figure things out, but, uh, here we are, you know, what would you say? So you always knew that you wanted to work for yourself. That one's easy. But yeah. what would you say was the hardest piece that you found in transitioning in transitioning from working for somebody else to then working for yourself? So believe it or not, I realized I had ADHD <laughs> and from working with myself. And I guess like anytime I tell people that now that I'm like, oh, I have ADHD, they're like, yeah, you didn't know that. Like I was the last one to the party. <laughs> I was the last one to the party on that. Like everybody kind of, kind of knew besides me, but, uh, I was 27, 27 when I got my official diagnosis, but it took working for myself. Like I always worked for somebody else. So I had a little bit of structure, like, you know, especially thinking about orange theory, there were specific times. Like I had to be somewhere, there were specific instructions. Like I had to do something like I had, I worked under somebody, like I always had, something, some kind of structure. And then you go to working with yourself and it's like, okay, 
You're going to work Monday through Friday. You can work on the weekends if you want and fill your schedule. And it's like, okay. And like, that's kind of what I realized that, uh, yeah, I, um, had more challenges than I thought. It wasn't as easy as just like, I'm going to do this on Monday. They're going to do this on Tuesday. Like I found like my brain kind of being all scattered, but that was definitely, definitely the hardest part, like finding out a schedule that I could stick to. Yeah. I think that from what I've heard from Tori, that's also her biggest struggle. Tori started her business last year. And so I think that we've talked about that a lot. And like this idea that like, when do you work? How long do you work for? What day do you work? When am I available? When I'm not available? Like what, yeah. what that line looks like. Yeah. Don't they say like all business owners have like ADHD? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you it's know, kind of funny. Like, 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 you, Cause I feel like I've got a little bit too. I don't have an official diagnosis. Yeah. Self-diagnosed for sure. But it's yeah. just like, you kind of always work and always think about it, but then you don't work and then you do work. And it's just like the slinky all the time. And it's very That's 100%. And I totally agree. Like, and they say people with ADHD are more likely to work for themselves because of the whole schedule thing. Like we don't really do well with schedules and, um, I never have, like, I've always been on time. Like I'm, I'm, I've always been like pretty organized. I have some friends that have ADHD and it's just like, they're all over the place. Like I'm fine with like sticking to a schedule, but it's more so just like staying on track or like getting to the point where it's like, I, I don't know, like it, it's kind of nice having your own schedule where it's like, I don't have to do this at 11 o'clock today. I could do it at like three o'clock today and be able to like shift things like that works better for me, especially in my mind. So Carrie, I really want to ask you specifically, I mean, I obviously know what you do for work because you're my personal trainer. Yeah. Um, I want to dive into that specifically a little bit because we've had the privilege of having a few people that run their own business on the podcast already. And that's a very cool thing. And I think that's awesome that you do that. But you have a unique perspective about fitness and women specifically that we just haven't had a chance to interview anybody yet for. Um, So can you tell people, you know, working for yourself, what you specifically do? And that's another thing about working for yourself. When people ask, like, what do you do? It's like, oh, my God, like, I have to figure out my elevator speech, you know? <laughs> and uh, we talk about this a lot. I, t- I have a business coach, and we talk about this a lot. Like, can you explain what you do in under 90 seconds? And that's the hard part, because I feel like I do so much. Uh, number one, like, I, I help specifically women. Like, I, I had a question yesterday. Someone was like, do you work with men, too? I'm open to working with men, but I work specifically with women. So, like, I, that's kind of, like, my niche is working with women. But I am going to simplify nutrition for you. I'm going to simplify workouts for you. I'm going to simplify your schedule for you. But I do a little bit of everything. Like, Brie, I'm sure that you can kind of relate to this. Like, sometimes we're not even talking about fitness. We're more yeah. so talking about life. Like, I've turned it into kind of, like, uh, a not, like, so, like, sometimes I feel like I turn into, like, a therapist. Like, I <laughs> I do so many different things. Um, but I sometimes feel like I'm more of a life coach than I am like a fitness coach, but more specifically, I am really helping you with like your fitness and nutrition needs and helping you getting strong, helping you feel more confident in your clothes. For sure. Can you tell us a little bit about your own fitness background then and how you landed on wanting to help other women with it? Oh yeah. So this one is another like can of worms. I started my fitness journey when I was 16. I, um, actually was a competitive cheerleader, like my whole life. I started in the fourth grade. So I never really had to think too much about fitness. Like I was pretty active. And if like, you know, anything about competitive cheerleading, like you're, you're, you're practicing multiple times per week and like you're competing on the weekend. So like, I was always a very active child and my mom was very much so somebody who was like, you need to be involved in something. So Thankfully, I found cheerleading. I really liked it. I liked doing, I liked being with all my friends. I think the social component was what I really liked. Um, 
because I'm not very much so coordinated, if you if you know me. Uh, but yeah, I, I was always like active my whole life, 16 rolled around. I had to get a job. So I stopped competitive cheerleading because I had to get a job and that didn't look like that wasn't going to fit into my schedule. I had to work weekends. I had to work nights. So like practices were kind of out the window. Um, I kind of had to pick and choose there. So when that happened, I was like, okay, like, what am I going to do? And I really didn't think too much about it until I went through a high school breakup. And like, that was that was different for me. Uh, long story short, I always like to say, like, it all started with T25. If you guys remember, like, P90 tapes. Yeah. It all started with T25. For my 16th birthday, I quit cheerleading. So my mom bought me the T25 tapes. And she was like, here, like, here's something to do, basically. That's when it was, like, on the infomercials. And my high school boyfriend was like, you're never going to do those. <gasps> and I was like, you're probably right. And when we broke up, you know, damn well, I did those tapes. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna do those tapes. I became obsessed with those tapes. I was doing them like twice a day. I was following the meal plan. Like when you open it up, there's like this big meal plan in there. And I was like following it to a T and I became obsessive with it. Long story short. Um, and that's kind of when it all kind of started to spiral. That's like the best way that I can put it. I had a friend who was also in cheerleading with me, who also stopped because she had a job. She started going to a gym near my grandmom's house and she was like, you should join with me. And I was like, perfect. Like we can carpool. I was also doing like the T25 tapes at the time. And I was like, I'm going to do both. So I was doing both. I was going to the gym and then I was doing the T25 tapes and I was a junior in high school. So like, I was, I was like really becoming obsessive with this. I started counting my food. I started tracking like it was like macro counting before macro counting was really a thing. If you know what macro counting is, Brie, I know that you do. Yeah. Um, but I was more so like calorie counting, but I really wasn't paying attention to like the protein or the carbohydrates. I was just paying attention to like the overall calories. And I remember like I can go back in my fitness pal diaries. That's what I was using. And that's what I still use to this day with clients um, in a much healthier way. If I go back, you can literally scroll back to like, what was that? 2012, 2011. I can go back to that. And I was trying to eat like a thousand calories. So oh. like, that's when my bad relationship started. I remember, uh, the weight was like falling off of me and I really didn't have much weight to lose. Like I, I was like a tiny, I was a tiny person, but I remember I got to like a hundred pounds on the scale and I was like, this is awesome. But I felt like crap. Like I was just so tired all the time. My hair was super thin. Um, my nails were super brittle. I was cold all of the time. And people were starting to recognize that, but not in a good way. They were more so like, you need to eat. I remember I had a really close friend commented on an Instagram post. This was like before Instagram was even Instagram. It was when like you had like the crazy filters. I remember I posted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she commented. It was like, you need to eat a cheeseburger. And oh. I'll never forget that comment. And I talk about that comment often. And like, I wonder, I was actually just with her this weekend. And I wonder if I brought that up, if she would remember that. Because like, that's really when I was like, crap, like, I'm in a hole and I was just so young and, uh, I went on to like find like macro tracking and stuff like that, but that's like really what started it. And it was, I was pretty young and I knew, I knew by the time that I was like 17, 18, I was like, I want to help people not make the same mistakes that I did. And I was still very much so in it, but by that time I was already getting recognition of like, okay, she's the girl that works out. And like, she's the girl that kind of knows what she's talking about when it comes to nutrition. Looking back, I had no clue what I was talking about when it came to nutrition. Um, but I wanted to know more. And when I went to, when I started college, I chose communications and my guidance counselor, like, you know how like they have guidance counselors 
and they pull you in for like routine meetings or whatever. She pulled me in and she was like, uh, what do you want to do as a communications major? And I was like, I want to talk about nutrition and fitness. And she was like, okay, why don't you choose exercise science? And I was like, what? Like, that's a thing. Like, I never knew that was a thing. Like I was hearing about this for the first time. Like I never, ever knew that that was a thing until I was like probably 18 ish years old, like my first year of college. And I was like, wow, like that sounds really cool. And, uh, yeah, that's what I did. I transferred and I went to Westchester and I, uh, transferred into exercise science and, uh, nutrition. I was a dual major. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of, it's kind of where it all started really. That's funny. That sounds like me in recreation. I was like, wait, you can get a whole degree in this. Who would have thought? Yeah. Like I never knew, you know, and like, no, no one ever told me that. And then like, now I look back and I'm like, yeah, like, I guess I could have done more research on that. But yeah, I was like, I just need to talk about fitness. Like, obviously you guys can pick up and I'm sure listeners can pick up. Like I like to talk. So I was like, I just want to stand on a stage and talk about it. Like, that's just all I want to do. Like I used to really love like, uh, what were those called when they pull you out of class? And people would speak on stage. What was that called? I can't even like think. Like an assembly? Yeah, assemblies. <laughs> I loved those. Like, I loved those. And I was like, I want to do that. Like, that's what I want to do. I don't know like, why. I want to put on assemblies for kids all the time. <laughs> that's exactly what I wanted to do. And uh, I, I don't really have much interest in doing that anymore. <laughs> that's a really great concept for you to maybe go speak to high school students about you. Yeah, like really inspiring with like you know maybe even a little bit of I don't know I don't want to like say that there was maybe like some type of eating disorder or something but like oh yeah just like the hyperfixation of food and working out and like letting other students know like hey you know it's okay to want this for your body like to want health for your body but like there's a there's a limit you know and like if you're feeling these ways I just it would be so empowering and um motivational but also you don't want to do it you know (laughs) and I get I get that asked frequently especially by clients who are moms Hmm. they're like once they learn about like calories and macros they're like why isn't this taught in school and I'm like and and, you know like I go on both sides because I'm like okay well like I learned it at a young age by myself like I didn't have anyone teaching me it and I became obsessive so I can see why it would be obsessive to especially like teenage girls and I'm not going to discriminate like it could be it could be bad it could be obsessive to teenage boys as well. But, um, I really only remember, and I say this often too, just like the cheeseburger comment. I remember in school, the only nutritional advice that we got was in health class mm-hmm. where there was a T-chart on the board and she like, the health teacher was like, okay, I want you to label things good and as bad. And it was like chips, bad, apple good. And that was like the most education we had. And that's still how people look at nutrition. And I I realized that with clients, one of my favorite questions to ask, not that I'm picking on people when people use the word good and bad, I'm like, okay, so what makes it good and what makes it bad? And they can't give me an answer. And it's because we don't, we looked at things so black and white, like we really didn't get that education, you know? So I go back and forth on that. Like, is it, would it be beneficial for like children to understand and not even children, but like high school, like teenagers more so would it be beneficial for them to know calories? Cause if somebody taught me like how much should you be eating and like incorporating what kind of foods and like all foods have a place in your diet, like that could have really, really benefited, like benefited me from not falling down that dark hole for so many years. Yeah, I even just think <clears throat> the concept of the good versus the bad. If if we just eliminate that concept at, at all, I even think that would be 
monumentally life-changing for a lot of kids and it would have been for me because I 100% was taught that good bad and like we never kept quote-unquote junk food in our house because my mom was my mom was like a trail mix mom I don't call her quite a granola mom but she was like a trail mix mom and we definitely had like our good snacks versus our bad snacks and like limit the bad ones and I just think eliminating that conversation as a whole maybe you don't go any further than that maybe you just eliminate that and that would send kids in the right direction again 100 percent. like what's better like talking about calories and numbers or the good and the bad because i still see it and like i coach women like the oldest women woman i have ever coached has been touching 70 and she still uses that language and i'm like who hurt you you know like where did you learn that because it does take a lot and it's kind of I don't want to say the older population, but like usually uh, like those that are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, those are the hardest women to break because those women have been through the slim fast diets, the Weight Watchers diets. They've they've seen it all like diets before I was even born. Like my mom, she she was always doing Weight Watchers. She was always doing Atkins diet. She was always doing all these crazy special K diet. Like she was always doing those crazy diets. And my mom is in her 60s. Wow, that's kind of crazy to think about. But yeah, she is in her 60s. So looking at her in trying to break those like generational norms is really hard. Like it's really hard. And I I am coaching a woman right now. um, She's 66, I believe. And like we're working on eating more. And she's like, you have to be patient with me because this is just new. And I was like, I'm here for that. And I'm glad that you're open to it. Cause like most people are like, let's diet, let's diet, let's diet. And I'm going to completely rock your socks and be like, no, we're not going to diet. We're going to do the opposite. We're going to eat a little bit more. And it's like, what? I thought I was hiring you to tell me to eat less. And it's like completely different. You know? Do you think that that's the biggest mix? Ooh, excuse me. Misconception you have when you, when you onboard new clients, do you find that that's the biggest hurdle you have to overcome? Oh, a hundred percent. And it's like, I know it. Like, I know it. So it's like, I have to be patient. Like she said it best, like, you have to be patient with me. Like we are breaking years of what I thought, you know, and I totally have to be patient. But for me, it's just like, eat the food. I'm telling you to eat the food. Like, I want you to eat the food. Chances are you're eating more food than you recognize. Like, it is just, I have to be patient. So yes, that is the biggest hurdle. But like, I really do love working with the people that are open-minded And not everybody is. And like, I can't help everybody because sometimes people are just like, no, that can't be right. I'm like, well, you you have to try it. And sometimes I have to get to the point where I'm just like, you have to trust me. And when they do, they're like, I'm so glad that I did. Yeah, for sure. On the exercise side of things, you kind of touched in your background story. You became very excessive about the exercise as well. Like you were at home and then working out at the gym. Um, so with that in mind, what does that look like when new clients come to you? Do you think that's another societal norm? That's just like too much is never enough when it comes to exercise, but that just isn't true. Yeah. So I, I do, you know, like I get, I feel like I get, and I I say this to my business mentor often too. I feel like I get two different crowds. Like I get the crowd that are obsessive. Like I was. And they always say like, you're like your ideal client. Like if you work with any business coaches, like your ideal client is who you were five to 10 years ago. And I love that. And I believe that I totally do. But I also get person B who is not really doing too much. Like they're 
maybe go to the gym, if at all, they really don't know too much about nutrition. Like I work with a little bit of both. So it's like, I feel like I have almost two ideal clients if we're throwing labels on it. Like I don't, I really don't discriminate against anybody. Um, but when it comes to the exercise thing, a hundred percent, like I, I get a lot of people that come in and they're like, well, where's the cardio or like how much cardio are we doing? And how many calories should I burn on my Apple watch? And it's like, we're not going to pay attention to any of that. We're just going to focus on getting really strong and we're going to do these movements and they're going to, you're going to see a lot of the same movements. And sometimes it's just like, whoa, like what, like, aren't I going to get bored with doing this? Like, aren't I going to get too bulky for doing this? Like, it's, there's just a lot of things that I have to break through. And it's just almost like, just trust me, I promise. And yeah, people, people hire me and they have to put a lot of trust in me. It's funny, all the things that you're saying, you're, I'm like, oh, I think we've had that conversation. Oh, I yeah. think that conversation too. Oh, and that one. <laughs> yeah, and I, I've had to get good at like, look, I'm not trying to discredit your feelings. Like I, I really don't want to discredit it, but you've been doing this for how long and it didn't work. So we're going to try something different. And it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And we'll do that. And then it's like, oh my God, I get this and I'll never be able to go back. I'm like, I totally agree. And I don't want you to. So this is something I definitely know the answer to, but because we're deep diving into fitness at the idea that someone doesn't really know anything, what would you say is the average length of time that you want your clients to work with you and you tell them that it's going to take before they see change? That's another thing because people come in and they're like, so I started when I first started, like when I was a baby coach working for myself, I guess that's how I'll see it. I started with like monthly contracts. And I feel like that isn't fair because that's telling you that you can expect to see results in a month. And I got those people where it'd be like two weeks and they'd be like, the scale isn't moving. And it's like, well, we're not even focusing on the scale right now. So like, let's not, like, let's not expect it to move. I just want you to drink a little bit more water. I want you to eat a little bit more protein. Um, Brie knows the conversation. So yeah, like, and then, and then I moved on to three month contracts and same thing. By usually month three, I'm getting you to eat the protein, focus on fiber, get to the gym two to five times a week. Like you're finally getting a strong foundation. Then I moved to six month contracts. And now I feel like really comfortable here because it's like, okay. And I get people that ask me often, especially like, I think, I think the way that I, um, I kind of talk about, talk about it on my page actually really matters too. Cause now like, now I don't get as many arguments. Usually by the time somebody gets on the phone with me, they kind of know who I am and they kind of know like what I believe in and like how long it's going to take. Like no one really comes to me anymore and they're like, okay, I have a vacation next month and I want to lose 10 pounds. Like I, I, I really don't get that much anymore. And I think that has to contribute to my messaging. Like it's not quick. But um, I forget what the question was, Brie, but I've moved from one month to three month to six month contracts on purpose. Now I do like I'll do in between uh, three to six month contracts if somebody needs it, because sometimes people just need to be bought into the process. But I am more than open about like it does usually take around six months for you to build a strong foundation even to get the ball rolling, but like most people I'll recommend, most people work with me honestly for like nine plus months. And I've had some clients working with me since I've started. So that's pretty cool to see. Like I've, I've had, yeah, I've had a handful of girls with me since I've literally started and I don't think they're going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. speaking of your messaging and your branding, I, I, 
I worked with you early on and it was fun because then when I came back and worked with you, I got to see all the progress you had made and like your business and your messaging and all those things. Social media is a huge part of business nowadays. There's no way around it. Did you learn all of your social media as you were going? Was it something you knew ahead of time? How did that kind of work into owning your own business? Oh, I learned on the fly. Like, I, and I'm still learning, like still learning. Like I look back and I'm like, whoa, like what was that? But um, yeah, I, I learned on the fly. I'm not going to lie. And I'm so glad that I did because I talked to so many women that uh, do what, like they they want to do what I do. Like they they just got their personal training cert. And they're like, oh, I'm going to work from home someday. And like, I have kids and it's going to be awesome. And I'm like, all right, like, what are you doing? They get the ball rolling. And they're like, oh, not yet. And I'm like, <laughs> you got to start like, who cares what you look like? Like it doesn't matter. It's the same thing in the gym. Like I say, it really doesn't matter. Just rip the freaking bandaid off. Like it, you just got to keep going and it's going to pivot. It's never going to be perfect. If you're waiting for it to be perfect, you're never going to start because if I waited, I would have never started. Like I'd still be waiting. So I remember like posting and like, I, I started a whole different page from my personal page on, um, my fitness account. And I remember like one of my first posts was like, I know that like girls from high school are going to be watching this and making fun of me, but like, I don't care. And you know, like, that's how I, that's the point I had to get to because before, and I haven't talked about this in a long time, but before that, before I started my coach care page, I started probably 20 Instagram pages, like at <laughs> least 20 Instagram pages and thought, this is it. This is the time it's really going to take off. And I just, I was waiting. Like, I was like, I don't have enough followers. I don't, I don't have this. And no, like from the day I started coach car, I just like really honed in on, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to keep going. And if I ever want this to work, I just need to keep doing it, you know, and I'm going to make mistakes. And I do make mistakes. It's funny. That seems to be the messaging across the board. Every time we talk to someone about like what their best advice is or how they started their business or what they're doing next. And they're like, just do it. Yep. Just do you it. Just gotta do it. And that's like that's advice that I got a lot before. And like that's what I had to hone into hone in on. I was like, okay, like so and so said I just needed to do it. And so and so else said I needed to do it. Like so many people just said, like, you just gotta do it. And I eventually just did it. And like I'm still doing it, you know. Yeah. Um, I want to pivot a little bit. I yeah. probably could ask you about fitness and nutrition all day, but yeah. you do have something else in your life of like, like you mentioned, like building your own house and like starting that side of your personal life. Yeah. What was that process like? Because it absolutely is mind blowing to me. So honestly, okay. So I guess I got to start here. We, I had no interest in moving to Florida. <laughs> I had like zero, I had no interest. Like people ask me all the time and I was at a wedding this past weekend. So, so many people were like, why Florida? Like, do you guys work down there? My husband's completely remote. I work for myself. <laughs> And I'm like, no, we're just kind of like, I literally said that the girl was doing my hair. She's like, so like, what brought you to Florida? Like, are you guys working down there? And I'm like, no. And she's like, so what are you guys doing? And I was like, we're just chilling really. Like that's just kind of all we're doing. But, um, so when we landed on Florida, it was very much so a COVID thing. Like that was, I hate to say it. Like it was the only place that we could really travel to in COVID. And we had to travel here a couple of times because we had a good friend getting married at the time. And my husband, uh, was in the wedding. So like we had to come for the engagement party. We had to come for the wedding itself. It was very small. It was very contained uh, for anyone listening. And it's like, Oh my God, it was very small, very contained. So it's still yeah, I mean, I, I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna book it wasn't <laughs> against the law. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna book. Uh, it's 2024 these days, you know, 
But uh, yeah, so we started coming to Florida and we were outside in the middle of December. It was a week before Christmas. This was back in 2020, 2020. This was back in 2020. And music was playing. We were eating outside, drinking margaritas. There was like a dance recital going on across the street. And my husband looked at me. He was my fiance at the time. He looked at me and he was like, why don't we live here? <laughs> and I was like, and you know, like back home, we were still in inside like we were still in like the yellow phase so like I was like I don't know like we should leave here I remember when we first got to Florida that same weekend same trip we were in a bar and no one had masks on and I started crying because I was just so overwhelmed because I was like we have been inside since March March 17th that's the day I got light, laid off Bri, I'm, I'm sure you remember yeah. oh yeah I got laid off and we were inside from that time. Like we saw a little bit of family like here and there, but we, I, 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 Tori, I don't know where you live, but like we, uh, we kept going back and forth between yellow, red, green. And like just some days you were allowed outside, some days you weren't. And it was just so overwhelming. I remember that. But like, finally, as the trip went on, I was like, yeah, this is kind of cool, you know? So like, I think I had blinders on in that moment where it's like, I was like, okay. Like I had no interest of ever moving to Florida before that point. And then I was like, we had no clue what life was going to look like. Like we didn't know if we were going to inside forever. Like we had no clue. Yeah. So that's when we opened the idea. We were in Naples. I had no interest in moving to Naples. Like uh, <laughs> my in-laws want to be in, in, in Naples. And like, it's just, it's a different crowd. Like they're a little <laughs> bit older. Yeah, I was listening in 29, my husband's 30. So like, we didn't have any, like we're not retired yet. So like we didn't have any interest of really moving to Naples, nothing against Naples. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and we had good friends living in Naples at the time. They never, they no longer do. She was actually a, a newscaster there. She's a newscaster back in Philly now, but um, we started opening the idea. So we went home. We're like, all right, let's check out Tampa. Let's check out Clearwater. Let's check out Sarasota. So we just started going on these trips, like really short trips and um, just looking around and I really didn't like it. Like I was like, it's very inconsistent. Like some places are nice. So some nice. places are not so nice. Like you turn around. It was inconsistent. That's just like the best word that I can use. Like one street would be nice. Other street would be kind of like not so nice. And um, not saying like where I grew up was like super, super like glorious or anything like that. But when you're moving, it was my first time moving out of state. I had like an expectation, I guess. Um, so yeah, we, we started looking around. I didn't like anything. And I was like, you know what? Maybe just Florida's like not it. Like maybe it's just not it. My husband was on a, a Zoom call one day. His his work went very much so remote during this whole, uh, the whole pandemic. And my husband's a LinkedIn guy. Like he, anytime he gets on a call, like he'll look and see like, okay, what, like, where's this guy from? Like, what's his background? Like whatever. Um, and it said that this guy lived in Ponte Vedra, Florida. And he was like, we haven't been there. I wonder what that's like. So he was like, can we we're going to jump on a call and I'm going to ask him about it. So he's like, Hey, like, can I, um, can I ask you about Ponte Vedra, Florida? And the guy was like off the record. And he was like, yeah, he was like, this place is effing awesome. So it's like, just book a trip, come down. And we did, we, I think we went like two weeks later and again, like I wasn't sold. Like, I, mean, I don't want you to hear that. I'd be like, oh my God. I was like, this is great. Like we live right outside of Jacksonville, Florida. Like it's like, I live right out. I, I, I'm considered St. Augustine, but it's right outside of Jacksonville, Florida. But uh, a lot of cute little pockets. And um, once we discovered, we were driving down the highway and we saw like a sign off to the left. And it was like custom built homes, like in our price range. And we were like, let's rear off. And we spent the entire day there. 
Wow. We were pen to paper on a townhome that we would have paid too much money for. And we both looked at each other. Like we took the day, we, we were there for eight hours. We were like looking around this community. Um, and we were almost pen to paper by the end of the day on like an overpriced townhome that we would have probably already moved out of by now. <laughs> and we, I looked at Joe and I was like, we should probably think about this. And he was like, thank God you said it. And I was like, all right. Like, we're like, all right, let's go home. Let's like get a realtor. Like, let's get a realtor. Let's like kind of think about it. Let's look at different communities. And that's what we did. We went home and we got a realtor, a friend of ours, the guy who was actually on the Zoom call with him who told us about the area. He recommended somebody and we actually went with her. And we just mapped out like all of the possible like scenarios that we could be in. And by that point I was pretty set on building. Cause I was like, that's pretty cool. And I know that was your question getting yeah, back to that. But um, yeah, that was like, that's kind of how it all happened. And we, um, we had to do everything from the Northeast. Like I had to pick everything from the Northeast. And when we got here, we came for one appointment in April and we had to pick everything that day. We had to pick carpets. We had to pick, walls we had to pick the color of the outside of the house we had to pick the garage door color we had anything you the lights we had to pick everything in that day most people do it in like a strand of appointments because they live here we had to do it all in one day and I remember the last question that they asked me was what color do you want the walls <laughs> I was like oh just paint them freaking white just please paint every single wall white and uh yeah that's kind of where we are you can see behind me, I have wallpaper, but like most, most of my walls are white still. One is green, but uh, yeah, building was definitely an experience. We had to do it very, very quickly and from afar. So that was challenging. I already have like a laundry list of things that I would change if I could go back and do it again. That's, it's funny. That's what I was just about to ask. I was like, if you got the chance to do it again, 100%. what? And we're already thinking about doing it again. So we're like, <laughs> I said never again. Like I was like, yeah. <laughs> never doing this again and like all of my friends they all say the same thing that live like that live here most people do build their houses it's a very new like up-and-coming kind of area um everyone says like we're never doing it again and then they're like yeah we're gonna do it again like my my uh one of our best friends she, she's on her fifth build and Whoa. she's like yeah like they're like masters at it by now so it's like it's kind of just it's just different here like most people it's like it, you hear that and you're like wow but it's just like different here like you have the opportunity to build your house for a lot cheaper than you would back in the north northeast for sure yeah um not that you have to get super detailed about this especially because i don't i don't not very good at this part of it all but compared when you and joe were looking did you look at buying a house price wise compared to building yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And it was about the same. So oh, like, it, okay. yeah. So it was just like, we had nothing to really lose. It was right. like, okay, now like, do we buy, I don't even know how to do a used house or do we buy, <laughs> and this is just okay. kind of what we call them now. I'm like, I don't know. Um, or what? I love that but terminology. I'm like, <laughs> now I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy the house that I can build, you know, but, uh, yeah, it had, a, it had its perks. It has, it has its pros and its cons for sure. Like, yeah. But it was, I'm it was sure pretty cool. cool. It's cool to like get to move. I grew up with military, like my okay, cool. military. So like everywhere he moved, it was a military's choice. And then like my, I lived in the house that I'm in right now. I don't live here, but I'm visiting my parents, my mom and my stepdad. Um, yeah. lived here like since I was in the third grade. So it's like never really had people in my life like have the choice to yeah. move somewhere. And like it's just this kind of. Ex 
exciting. It's like the whole, I mean, you know, the world was your oyster in a sense. Like you could have moved literally anywhere. And it's yep. just kind of cool that like you had that experience and got to go travel down a few times and check it out and kind of like shop for where you're going to live. I don't know. And yeah. now like my boyfriend's in the military. So we still don't really get to do that. But <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's funny that you say that. My sister-in-law, they're military. They're actually based in Jacksonville now. They, uh, they like when you say like pick like they their their rounds come up like every three years so they put it was between here and uh, out of country actually and they actually got uh, Jacksonville which was cool so they're like forty five minutes from us but they'll be picking like they're up for orders again next year so they'll be they they think probably back to California they really liked California but um you're right like it is so different especially being military because like they're used to like changing changing states every three years yes but like it's you're living on a military base like it, i don't know if you have ever lived on a military base but um you have the option like to live on the military base or live off base but uh, they usually live on the base and they love it so it's just it's different like when they come here it's like our house is so different you know it's just a different a different kind of lifestyle and it's been it's it's been cool like we're definitely very blessed that we got the opportunity to do it but like we did it before kids and I'm not sure if Bree has told you I am pregnant. So like that has changed things for sure. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's definitely weird. And like, I don't want to make it sound because like people say it all the time, especially for my hometown. Again, I was like at a wedding this weekend. Like people always say like, wow, you're so lucky. You just like packed up and moved to Florida. And me and my husband like always have the mentality of like, why can't you? Like, right. you know, but um, I totally get it. Like the family thing. And we're going through that now where we're like, we do miss our family. Like we do miss our friends. There's something about the Northeast that like people ask me all the time. They're like, are you always going to live in Florida? And I'm like, I really don't know. And like, since finding out that I'm pregnant, um, that's really changed the conversation. Like it, it really has. And I'm like, I talked to one of my best friends. She was actually visiting me down here back in December. And she was like, who knows? Maybe it was just a chapter. Like maybe, maybe you lived here for two years. It's chapter and you move back home. Like, you know, so like, like I said, like I had ADHD, I have ADHD. So like thinking about things like that, I'm like, I don't even want to think about it. Like I don't even think about it. I can't see it. I'll cross that bridge when we get there. My husband's very much so a planner. He's like, well, if we're talking about it, we should do it like tomorrow. I'm like, no, we should like sit on this for like 20 years and then we'll think about it. <laughs> so let's talk about baby. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. Um, Thank you. We uh we just had Courtney on our last podcast, and one of the things that we asked her that I'm just like now intrigued to ask anybody who is like within my age realm of yeah. babies and whatnot, what was there a moment or a conversation where you and Joe were like, okay, we're ready? Was it just yeah. like we're actively trying? And if it happens, great. If it doesn't, like what what is that? Pro- what has that process looked like for you? If you don't mind sharing? Oh yeah, for sure. And like I first want to disclose because like I, I've definitely learned a lot with pregnancy. Like I've always been the person to be like, uh, like are you pregnant or like whatever you know. So like I've definitely learned like there's like things that like you should probably just like be on like the precautionary. And like I have friends who just like can't get pregnant. They're having a hard time. Like whatever it is. So like I've definitely learned a lot. Um, so like, I'm just, I'm sharing my experience and like, I always sure. wanted, like, and I, I preface this, like when I talk on Instagram too, like I'm sharing my experience and I do get the DMs where people are like, well, and it's like, I, I get it, but I'm sharing my experience, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, so when me and Joe first met, we met back in what, 2018, 2019, we've been together for almost five years. Um, we were like, we're going to have four kids. We're going to have kids early. Like we were like gung ho. And we have five nieces and nephews on his side. So we spent a lot of time with them when they, we lived in the Northeast. And that kind of changed things pretty quickly. We were like, okay, like maybe we're not going to have four kids. Like, 
like especially like right now and we just kind of very much so like fell in love with our lifestyle like we like to travel a lot like we have the opportunity to travel a lot so over the last like four years we've really like honed into that we got married COVID hit like just so many different things happened and um we got to the point where we're like we're gonna have kids like we got married June 11th of 2022 so it's like we're we're not even coming up, we're coming up on two years this June. And I knew I wanted to be not pregnant for like at least a year. And like every, like everybody's different. Like I have some girlfriends who try to get pregnant, like literally on their honeymoon. Like I, I, like we, I have friends that are pregnant before they get married, like whatever it is. I knew I wanted at least a year just to like enjoy being married. Like Bray, I'm sure that you can relate. For sure. I, I just like really didn't, we really just didn't really talk about it for a while. Like I said, when we first met, we were like, we're going to have kids. We're going to have a lot of kids. And we talked about it often. And then we kind of just like backburned it for a little while. And I think that was very career driven. Like my husband's very into his career. I am very much so into growing my business. So it was just like a backburned conversation. And we moved to Florida. Obviously we've talked a bunch about that. Where we live is very family oriented. So like all of our friends, no matter the age, all have kids. We're the only people without kids. So that's kind of changed a lot. Whereas like in the Northeast, a lot of my, like I'm pretty 50-50. Some of my friends have kids, some of them don't. And I'm, I'm sure you guys can relate, especially with friendships like in your mid 20s, late 20s, early 30s, everybody's on a different playing field. Some people are still living at home. Some people are still in college. Some people are married with kids. Like everybody's on a different playing field at this time in my life. Um, in Florida, everybody, no matter like how old they are, I have some friends that are like early twenties. I have some friends that are mid thirties. They all have kids. So like our life just kind of looked a little different when we moved here. And I don't want to say that it moved our timeline up, but it kind of did. Like we we enjoy spending a lot of time with our nieces and nephews. We enjoy spending time with our friends that have kids. And uh, I was in a, I keep talking about it. I was in a wedding this past weekend and that was kind of like, okay, after I'm through with this wedding, that's going to be when we kind of start trying. That didn't work out very well. Um, <laughs> But uh, we we uh, went. Uh, it's, I came out from a bachelorette party in September, and Bree says like, was there like kind of a conversation? I've always kind of been fluid. Like I'm kind of like if, if like we weren't trying by any means, and I'm like I'm kind of open, kind of just waiting for Joe at this point. Um, he always kind of he got to the point like a couple of years ago where he was like, I think we should I should be like 30, 31, 32, kind of just kept moving, like kind of just like kept moving. I'm like, whatever, that's fine. It'll happen when it happens. I know I can e easily persuade him if I was really like gung-ho on like, well, that's how a kid. But I came in from a bachelorette party, same friend who just got married this weekend. We got, we went to her bachelorette party in Charleston in September and I came home from that and Joe literally was like, let's have a baby. And I was like, okay, like, okay. <laughs> And that's kind of what it was. And like, I remember I went to the shower for same friend um, in October and my girlfriends were like, okay, like when are you guys going to have kids? And I was like, honestly, we're going to start trying soon. We had a trip planned for um, October and that was going to be like our last trip. Like, let's, let's like this real, like I said, we love to travel. So I was like, all right, we're gonna and I hate to say last trip because we're very much so going to keep traveling, but yeah. um, our last trip alone, I should say. Right. right. So we were like, all right, last trip in October, we're going to California. We planned this whole big thing. It was actually a trip we were supposed to take in 2019, but COVID hit, so we didn't get to. So it was kind of just like kind of nice. Um, 
And two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> so that's kind of just how it happened. And I know that doesn't happen for everybody. Um, and that's kind of what we thought. We were like, I was a, I have the same thing. I was in a wedding in January. So I was like, for all I know, this is going to take a little while. So like, we can just try, you know? Yeah. And trying, we succeeded. So <laughs> it was just... <laughs> I luck of the troll, I guess. I don't know. But um, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how it happened. That's awesome. It's so funny. Cause it, it, there's so many feelings that like overlap with that. And I, I this, I'm, I don't want to say I'm a worst case scenario person, but there yeah. is something about having kids that like oh, yeah. and I have had real conversations about it. And I'm like, but what if I'm one of those people? What if I'm one of those people who has a really hard time? I don't know. It's just that one topic where I'm like worst case scenario and Kyle's always like you're not gonna be and I'm like you don't know that you don't yep, know. that was me and I was there I was there I, I said the same thing so Joe's like why don't we practice and <laughs> you know guys I know I got pregnant he's like I was having fun practicing like it was just like yes uh, but wait <laughs> yeah like yeah so I'm like Joe like we can't just like be telling everybody that because like some people do have a hard time you know like I like I and I'm the same person. I am like very worst case scenario. I'm like, for all I know, this is going to take me like three or four years. I have friends that have been trying for a long time. And it's like, huh. yeah, but um, yeah, I went through a phase where I like really, I mean, and Brie knows this, like I'm really into like hormone and like gut related things. So I really, really worked on that stuff over the last year. And I got a really good idea of like, okay, when am I ovulating? I had a really good idea of like where my levels were, like all of these things. So like, I was kind of secretly hoping like I was doing all of this work in preparation for becoming a mom. And um, hopefully like that's kind of what contributed to it, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. When do you do? I am due July 20th. So we're chipping Amazing. away. Yes. <laughs> Finally through the first trimester, which is awesome. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Like it feels like I've been pregnant forever because I found out in two weeks. So like, I'm like, it's right. so funny though, because my husband the other day and he's, I told him to stop saying it. Uh, he's like been telling people, he's like, it's been going so fast. Like it's been going so <laughs> great. So when I asked her like, how are you doing? Like, how are you feeling? He's like, great. It's been going fast. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Um, is it? <laughs> he's like oh I guess like it hasn't gone for you he's like I feel like it's going fast so glad your experience of not carrying a baby whatsoever is going by really fast yes like he loves to like he's like he is like he's gonna be great he's gonna be a great dad but uh I like I always tell people I have one of those golden retriever husbands so that's so great though that'll be good. yeah he's just great so anytime you can like intervene on a baby question he's like she's great it's great <laughs> Right, so much fun. Obviously, you'd be excited about whatever happens, but are you leaning more towards wanting a boy or a girl? So I'm boy, Joe's girl. So we're like pretty Yeah, we're he wants to be a girl dad. I want to be a boy mom. We're gonna be happy with whatever. It's just kind of crazy. I was talking to a, a girl yesterday. She just found out that she was pregnant. She's due like right around me. And I was like, you know what the craziest part is? That it's really a 50-50 shot. Like it's just like <laughs> that's the craziest thing. And I remember, like, I guess I always knew that, but now that I'm pregnant, I'm like, it's 50-50. I saw a TikTok yesterday. The woman didn't find out until uh till she had the baby. And they were like, they were holding the baby. She was, they were like, what do you think it is? And she's like, it's a boy. I know it's a boy. And it was a girl. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I can't even with that. But <laughs> that's so funny. Are you guys planning on finding out ahead of time? 
Yeah, we, we are. I, um, I'm like, I'm 14 weeks right now. And I'm like, I feel like I could wait. Like I really do. Like Joe wanted to know like yesterday, but, um, <laughs> yeah, he's very adamant on finding out, uh, which I'm fine with. Like I get it. And like, uh, regardless, again, this is like my experience, no one else's experience. I am open to finding out the first. Cause I'm like, you know, like I want like cute girl clothes or cute boy yeah. clothes. I don't want everything gender neutral, but like, it's not the worst thing in the world, but, uh, for our first, we'll definitely find out. But for, if we have a second, I don't think we'll find out. I think it would be kind of fun to by the second I like I don't want to say we don't care but like it's like it cares like like I was talking to a girl yesterday and she was like yeah like who cares if it's a boy and it's in a pink swing like it doesn't really matter like and I'm like yeah like that's not so much I, yeah. it's so funny because I I'm not I don't have any kids not pregnant but I it's one of the things that Kyle and I've always talked about is there's something fun about the mystery of that and it might be different once I am pregnant but like I love the idea of not knowing like just yeah. like just going yeah. at it and just like finding out when it's time and when it's ready and when it's ready like it's cooking in yeah. there when it's ready to come out <laughs> when the bell dings and it's like ding ding, oh, ding. <laughs> baked it is fully baked <sighs> that's so but no I totally agree my cousin it's her second she found out the first and she was like we're not finding out and she went to the doctor the other day and they were like, oh, she's doing good. And they told her and she, no. was, she was like, we didn't want to know. And actually that happens a lot. Like I've had, I've had a couple of friends tell me that's how it happened and they didn't want to know. So like, whenever you do go, if you don't want to know, make sure you tell the ultrasound tech, we do not want to know and keep reiterating that. <laughs> I, I have heard that from a couple of people too. They were like, it was like, you should just come with it plastered on your forehead. Do not want to know so that everybody's on the same page and yes. Yes, for yeah. sure. Um, so we have two questions that we have found are fun to end with our podcast. Yeah. So the first one is, is there, has there ever been a bad piece of advice that you received that kind of stuck with you that you kind of laugh about now? That's a really good question. I really need to think about that. I've been given bad advice, but like now that you ask it, I'm like, I don't know. Have I been given <laughs> right, advice? right. Ah, bad advice that I've been given we found I can share the one from college that I had Brie that we recorded on that episode that we skipped <laughs> or that wasn't actually recorded um when I was leaving grad school I like was finishing my program but I was leaving a job in grad school and um one of the professional staff members was like Tori like when you're in a meeting or something like that, like, don't always speak up. He's like, sometimes it's just, he's like, it's just better to just like stay quiet and be the person in the back of the room. It'll get you farther to just be quiet and to just not like speak up for what you believe in. And I was like, this just sounds wrong. Like, don't you hear how wrong that sounds? So, yeah. like, and I mean, I wasn't like super vocal, but if I like had an idea, I was a graduate student in a room of professional staff and I would voice that idea not every time and not yes. carrying the conversation by any means but it was just so weird it was like the weirdest piece of advice yeah and I've like obviously never really taken that advice so. yeah oh <laughs> yeah I know I'm so glad that you didn't take that advice honestly and thinking about it this doesn't go like super like bad advice this was actually someone that told me something that I needed to hear uh in COVID actually and I feel like we've talked a lot about COVID uh, during this podcast, but when I was laid off from orange theory, like I had to kind of figure it out. Like we were laid off and like, we were like, whatever, like on unemployment, like whatever, like it was kind of nice. Like that, that time in the world. But, um, I was like, you know what? I really don't think I kind of knew I had a hunch. I was like, it's never going to be the same working in person as a trainer. Like, 
Um, so I kind of parted with it for a little while. I was like, you know what? Like, I don't want to do it anymore. Like I kind of, and Brie knows, like I was waking up at like three 30 in the morning. I was on my feet all day. I was barely making any money. Like it really wasn't that fun. And it was a lot. Like it was totally a lot. And I knew what some of my like other friends were making by not doing that. And I was just like, this kind of sucks. So like, I kind of parted with it for a little while. I was interviewing a lot during COVID and I was on, I made it to like round three of an interview and it was just like a remote job. Nothing that I was in love with. It would have been a paycheck, but like way better salary. Um, and the guy flat out told me, he was like, you know, I could give you this job. And he was like, and, and if you want it, it's yours, but I'm not convinced that you should be done with nutrition and fitness. And I was like, kind of taken back by that. Cause I was like, this guy's an ass. Like I like, I've been like explaining that I like, don't really want to do it, but I guess I like looking back at it. I did really talk about it a lot. And he was like, because you can tell it's your passion. And he was like, and I don't want to be the reason that you give up on that. And I don't want to be the reason why, like to like you take a job just to take a job and then figure that out down the line, you know? So he's like, I really want you to think about that. And he's like, again, the job's yours if you want it, but I'm not convinced that you should be leaving doing what you're doing. And I thought about it and I didn't take the job and look where we are now. That's crazy. I well, love that. That's like almost the best piece of advice. Right. <laughs> that was a good, good piece of advice. You knew what you didn't know. And that's kind of- <laughs> I know. I don't know if that was your second question. But, it was, uh, which is so funny. Yeah, like, yeah. So that was, that was good. But uh, yeah, the best piece of advice was to not give up on that, but I've been given really good advice. And like going back to the beginning of the podcast, uh, maybe it was the middle, I don't know, but just sending it like just do it just like do it scared do it afraid like I tell people that all the time like it's never going to be perfect and that's some of the best advice that I've ever gotten and that's some of the best advice that like I give people of like stop making excuses it's never going to be perfect just do it you're going to make a fool of yourself time and time again but like you're going to something's somewhere is going to stick you know so I actually do have one more question for you only because of like wanting to tie this back to your fitness experience and, yeah. and wealth of knowledge that you are Yeah, it's along with that piece of advice. Cause I'm sure it's kind of the same when starting your fitness journey. Actually, I know it is cause I've heard it from you, but if there is like one piece that you want someone who's like starting to pivot their fitness journey to know one piece of information, one solid baseline, what would that be for people? Yeah. It's never going to be perfect. It just needs to be consistent. And I wish somebody told me that a million times because I was somebody who like stressed over missing the workout. I stressed over going over the macros. I stressed over being sick. I stressed over whatever it was. And if someone just told me it's not going to be perfect, it just needs to be consistent. I would have had a whole hell of an easier time because it's never going to be perfect. And like, what I want people to think of their fitness journey is it's not like, it's not like, uh, there, I follow a guy pretty closely. He calls it macro Tetris. And like, that's when you're like trying to like eat more one day, not enough the next day. And like, you just end up in this, this big Tetris with yourself. And I see people doing that all the time with their fitness journey in general, not just like macro counting, but honestly, if you just kept showing up day after day and doing the things more consistently than you're not, you're going to see success. It's not like 
oh, I did it three times this week and five times last week. And like, I wasn't as good as last. It's not that it's just every, everything I think about, I had somebody give me this analogy before is like a brick wall. Think about a brick wall. It's brick by brick. Like that's how the, the wall is built. Rome wasn't built in a day, like whatever it is. But I really like the uh, brick analogy of like, it's kind of like building a brick wall. It's brick by brick. It's not like perfect. It doesn't just like get thrown up overnight. Yeah. But um, yeah, just being more consistent than you are trying to be like perfect. Awesome. Um, I want to take a minute to let you share where people can find you yeah. um anything that you want as far as like promote yourself this is your space it's not like we have a ton of followers but here we are you know, <laughs> hey promote to the small you never man know. you <laughs> never know easiest ways to find me is instagram that's the place that i'm most active i show up there daily i talk about my life daily follow along if you want to hear about that you know um it's going to be underscore at underscore coach care K-E-R. That's how I spell my name. It's Carrie, K-E-R-I, but care for short, you know, um, that's going to be the best place. As far as like ways that you can work with me, I have a few different ways. I do have a free step challenge coming up at the end of the month. Bree is a fan of my step challenges. Uh, we'll do 10K steps for 10 days. I have a lot of people right now that are like reaching out to me via DMs that are like, oh my God, like this month kind of sucked. Like everyone thinks that January is going to be the best month. Uh, and it's never going to be the best month. Like everyone's sick. Everyone like has the flu. Everyone has COVID, like whatever it is, kids, like if you have kids, like they're still not back in school. Like I have so many people like snow days were yesterday for a lot of people, just a lot of things. So I have a free step challenge coming up. We're calling that the right foot to February, uh, right foot forward to February. That starts the 29th through the 7th. I have one-on-one coaching. That's always going to be an option. I do have a group offer that's starting on the 5th. That's going to be an eight week group offer. It is a little bit cheaper compared to working with me one-on-one. You can find all of that information on my Instagram page. My links are all in my bio. You can always reach out to me, send me a message. I'm super friendly. I promise I'll always respond. You'll always get an answer from me and me directly. Love that. And we are striving and thriving at underscore podcast. We're only on Apple Podcasts because everything else is just a little too complicated still, but we'll get there. Um, and I'll also uh, in the like description section, make sure Carrie, all of your stuff is there so people can easily find you and we'll share you. And then hopefully, you know, our tiny little population just loves the idea of free stepping with you because at least we yeah. can get people going in that direction for you. 100%. So thank you for taking the time to talk with us. This was so of great. Course. This was awesome. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Hopefully we can do this again soon. Cool. Thanks, Gary. Bye. Bye.